0: Welcome to AEC presents. I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Jared. I'm Laura. Uh we're back. We're Laura uh, back. Laura's back again.
1: Huzzah. I show up from time to time,
0: every other week ish, unless unless we're on vacation or whatever. You know, is you just what don't it? Don't feel like it, or if you don't feel like it. Usually, it's that's usually not the case. It's usually yeah. not that you don't feel like it. Just it works with, with your work schedule. So, but yeah, uh, this week we were somewhat prepared. Uh,
1: (laughs) Some more than others.
0: Well, I mean, we we had a full week to figure out what we were going to talk about for our topic. Laura mentioned. uh, How did you come up with the idea of teachers slash mentors? Wait, she sent
2: us a text saying how she came up with that.
0: Oh, she wanted Mm -hmm. to send you the text. I don't know if I got that text. I know she mentioned. Oh,
1: yeah, I bet
2: I only said it to
0: her. You mentioned uh, me. (laughs) How about this? I was like, sure, cool.
2: Yeah, she just sent it to me. Um, she did it in honor of Obi-Wan. Okay. The new show that came out on Disney Plus, the new episode dropped today. Yes. There's their plug. Um, as
0: Today, as we're recording this. Yes. Yesterday, as you may be listening to this, if you listen to this, today, it comes out. Correct. Time travel. wibbly wobbly. Uh, so yeah. Laura came up with teachers and mentors, like, cool, I don't have to worry about it, and that's a week in advance, we can go with it, and I still didn't make my lesson until, like, three o'clock in the afternoon today.
1: <laughs> Ditto. But, I mean... I'm still making mine. (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Some people work really well under pressure, like Jared.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll go first because I have the most written down on my list for now, uh, which is just the names written down, but it is what it is. Uh, First one on my list, though, is Master Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Thank you. That's the strongest one I have the entire list. It's going downhill from here. Uh, uh, But yeah, I'll be honest. I don't really read a whole lot of TMNT. Um, just not my jam. I never, I watched some of the shows when I was a kid, but I don't like, I'm not, I would not classify myself as a fan. I enjoyed them and I watched them, but I don't like go out of my way. Oh, this is, I, I guess the names mixed up still. Who is what? And like, uh, I know the names Yeah. of the turtles, but I don't know which one's which. However, I just give you this caveat of, oh, they all have the red, red bandanas on because originally they were all just red. Mm-hmm. So that's my cop out for that. Like, oh, yep. which one's blue? It doesn't matter, they're all red. There you go. But yeah, they had
2: uh I was probably first introduced to him with the cartoon, um, the original movie from nineteen ninety, something like so. that.
0: The live action. Yeah, the live action, the that's, good one. That's where I was introduced was through the live action movies. Right. All three of them.
2: And Splinter in that was just the best. I loved him in, in that movie. He was just, yeah. you know, the proud father mentor. Ad- adopted father. Yeah.
0: Cause yeah, I mean, he is a anthropomorphized rat that, uh, he was, I think I looked up that he was the pet rat of some martial artist and he like, he's, or I don't know how pet, how petty he was, but he was there. He saw a bunch of this, much stuff. He was older than the rest of the turtles. They all got covered in the ooze, the secret of the ooze. Uh, and he like, all right, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Cause I learned by watching this guy and do that. And yeah, the, the, that's, those three still hold up, in my opinion. Agreed. At least they hold up as well as they did when they first came out. Agreed. I'm not saying it's like, it's not great by any standards,
2: but- it's, No, but for what it is, it's awesome. And, and they're made
0: for kids. Right. Uh, the third one was-
2: That was the time travel one. That was the time Samurai, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it was the first one, then two, Seeker of the Ooze, then mm-hmm. third was Turtles in Time. Yep uh yeah they're classics classic with the rubber suits and everything and yeah good times but yeah master splinter uh trained all four turtles and was his own martial artist and depending on what video games you play you could play as him even and mm-hmm. do some villain kicking of butts so all right that, so that's the first one on my list is master splinter from tmnt uh laura who's first on your list
1: I chose Shang-Chi as a teacher because I thought it was timely that he just had a movie come out this year, and I thought people might- Within well, the past year. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it more than a year?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2021 when it came out.
1: Oh, well. Was it late 2021?
0: Possibly. I'll look okay. it up.
1: Yeah. I think it was within 12 months, though. But regardless, okay. I thought Shang-Chi had a movie come out recently and that more people would be interested in hearing about him because he's somewhat relevant. Um. And so, basically, forever ago, even longer than a year ago, let's see around, I swear I wrote it down, so I'm going to make up a number because I don't see it now. Oh, there it is, 2011. Around 2011, there was a free comic book day issue about this whole deal of Shang-Chi helping Spider-Man because in a few issues previous to that, in Revenge of the Spider-Slayer, Spider-Man was dealing with Alistair Smythe who'd created an army of cybernetic or sorry an army of people with cybernetic implants and it gave them a spider san, a spider sense and telepathy I know how to talk I swear I do but in order to stop this army Spider-Man created this bomb that would destroy their spider sense but then he got stuck and destroyed his own spider sense and then shortly before Spider Island was going to happen Madam Web, as Julia Carpenter, realized Spider-Man needs to be top of his game for what's about to happen. So she talked to Shang-Chi and said, hey, why don't you teach him some, like, martial arts, kung fu, wh- whatever you can do, so that he doesn't need to rely on his spider sense. Like, you're real fast, you can anticipate moves, you've studied a lot of martial arts, like, help Spider-Man as much as you can. And they called it the Way of the Spider, and they Shang-Chi started teaching spider-man as much as he could about all those things and i thought it went pretty well
0: yeah and i remember that story too and it was it made sense like instead of relying on pure instinct you should have some technique like you should know how to properly throw a punch other than just flail your arm Mm -hmm. and rely on your strength uh they did a similar story with batman and superman i want to say with the injustice series where bruce was teaching clark like hey what if you lose your powers You need to learn how to actually fight other than just super strength.
2: Yeah, I don't remember what... It wasn't Injustice, I don't think.
0: I I thought it was a flashback for Injustice. Maybe it was. Because then Bruce Bruce took the Superman pills and was like, oh, yeah, well, now we're equal level. But it doesn't matter. I can beat you because I actually have fighting technique that you can't just rely on. You're just strength. Because now we're even, but I'm plus one because I actually know how to fight.
1: Experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's another small tangent. They did mention... Also, later in the Spider Island story, Reed Richards and the Horizon Lab staff helped Spider-Man get his spider sense back, like, found the frequency that he'd knocked out before and, like, used it to amplify it back up. And then after that, because he had his spider sense and the way of the spider teachings from Chang-Chi, then he was, like, an even better Spider-Man.
0: Which is funny. Like, I'm thinking, oh, they learned the frequency to do that to get his sense back. Hey, we figured
1: it out. How we can all do it? That's kind of what Spider Island was, and it didn't go well. So yeah, here read read Spider Island. Let me hand this <laughs> book over to you, and that's why they didn't do that, <laughs> or that might have been part of why they were fight. Yeah, that actually, now that I remember, that is they found that frequency because they were taking away everyone else's ability and giving it to Spider Man instead. So there we go. Answered, question answered. Done and done.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, Jared, what is, or who is first on your list?
2: Uh, mine's a group of Teen Titans. Uh, the, the Titans Academy. Nope, that's actually before that, but I'm going to touch base on that just a little bit, because it's kind of the same thing. Uh, back in the early 2000s, they relaunched the Teen Titans with Jeff John series. It had uh, Starfire, uh, Cyborg, Beast Boy, and Raven, your four originals. Uh, training the new generation of Titans, which was the Young Justice crew, the current Robin, Tim Drake, Superboy, uh, Cassandra, Wonder Girl. Um, I can't think of her last name, but uh, whatever. Um, And then uh, they also had, what was the fourth one? Oh, Impulse, who became Kid Flash during that series. They did a really good job of saying, okay, we're like the original new Teen, not the original original Titans, because they're all new Teen Titans. But uh, they're the ones training, like, the next generation. Uh, You've got your Justice League shows up. Nightwing shows up to teach them all a thing or two. Uh, But that was a really great series, and it showed a lot of good mentorship. It showed how the Young Justice crew was not necessarily... You know, they were a bit more rebellious. So they wouldn't always listen. They'd break out of Titan's Tower every now and then. (laughs) So there were some really good story arcs there, which kind of led into... What we just had, what we just finished up last week, excuse me, or the week before in Titans Academy. I think that was last week. Could have been, yeah, it sounds right. But they had a pretty good story arc where your core team knew Titans, Nightwing was there. Uh, They were all training as a new school now for up-and-coming heroes to learn the trade at Titans Tower. Which didn't go well, Titans Tower got blown up and they rebuilt it and stuff like that. That, thing, that tower gets blown up every other week.
0: Yeah, it happens. I mean, they they got the, before Bruce lost money, he had this like, all right, here's funds to fix yep, that. Like pretty much.
2: Now I don't know where they're getting their funds.
0: Uh, probably from <laughs> Dick himself, since oh, yeah. he inherited yeah, from, Alfred's yeah, money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yep. All right. So that's the Titans, the titans. and how they themselves are teachers and students at the same time. Yes, very much so. All right. Uh, next on my list is not just a master, a Jedi master, Yoda. Um, trained a whole, like all the younglings for a very long time <laughs> in Star Wars with the Jedi Academies and all that. Cause hey, it's the benefit of living, you know, a thousand years old is you can teach a bunch of kids that during the whole time. Yep. <laughs> uh, some he taught better than others, <clears throat> Vader. <clears throat> uh, but and to be fair, he did say no, we shouldn't do this. But he also didn't stand up for his own values on that one. But Not really. But he he's taught. Like, I don't
2: agree with this, but we're still getting. But he it.
0: taught Qui Gon, so he's still chain of chain of command. It's still his fault. I'll go with that. There you go. Uh, and Char- he
2: trained Dooku.
0: Right. Transitive properties. It's still Yoda's fault. Um, but he also taught you know countless Jedi itself, yeah. too. Um, and one of the lessons we learned is when we read. The journals from Obi Wan Kenobi this week. There's a Yoda story where he gets his own student and he gets his own master too because he learns. Oh, uh, he comments in there that it's good to never stop learning. The moment you stop mm-hmm. learning, you start dying basically. So he has had a unquenchable thirst for knowledge, and so he's always open to new techniques, whatever, and it works out for the most part. It works out pretty well for him. Yeah, and I um, like
2: him because he's like. Okay, I'm like the the Jedi Master, but you know something about the Force that I don't in this particular area, so I'm your student. Right. You know, he was never above himself to
0: do that. For yeah. th- in that aspect. In that aspect. There are some other aspects where he's like, oh. He, Yoda,
2: you kind of messed up. <laughs> right.
0: He, d- he. I mean, Anakin was able to have his affair for how long and start turning him. to the dark side? And Come on. But, yeah. So, yeah, that is Yoda. Laura, who is next on your list?
1: I wanted to talk about Phil Ulrich from the Spider-Girl universe, technically. Um, I always got a kick out of him when he was her teacher mentor, also because I think he was never exactly intended to be. I'm pretty sure that he and Peter had a, they had a conversation where it was a lot of like, oh, you know what I'm saying without me saying it? And they were not on the same page of what they were not saying and saying. So Peter Parker actually was telling Phil, like, I don't want you to teach Mayday Parker to be Spider-Girl. Like, she's too young. She she shouldn't be worrying about this. Like, this doesn't need to happen. And Phil was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I can keep this a secret from Mary Jane. Like, we we can definitely do this and no one will be scared or worried about her. It'll be fine. And, yeah, later... There's some conversation where Peter's like, so you did this without me, huh? And he's like, I didn't know that's what you meant. But I always... I I really enjoyed all of the... Like, Spider-Girl actually had a lot of mentors and teachers, including, like, Peter Parker, her dad, and Kane, the clone of her dad. But I felt like Phil was more on her level because he was never, like, a lone superhero who was really taken seriously on his own. So I felt like he was more of her confidant and more, more forgiving of her. Whereas her dad was like, you're my flesh and blood. I know you can do this because I can do this. I could do this at your age. Like he, I think he was harder on her and Cain's a cold blood killer. So of course he was like, you have to do this or you're going to die, Like blah, blah, blah. So I really, I always enjoyed Phil Urich as one of my favorite mentors of Spider-Girl.
2: All
0: right. Uh, Jared, who's next on your list?
2: This one might be a bit of a stretch, but I always thought it was a mentor relationship as well as a love interest relationship. Was uh, Agent 355 from uh, Why the Last Man? Yeah, Yeah. they had that love interest with Yorick, but throughout that whole story, she's constantly teaching him how to survive, basically.
1: How to not die.
2: Yeah, different fighting techniques, you know,
0: how to actually use a gun. Yeah,
2: just teaching him all these different things throughout that entire story. And I always thought that was a good mentorship but it was a love story at the same time. So I don't, not really going to go into that because we've talked a lot about why the last man on this podcast, just but.
0: how Laura can mention Spider-Man. You can get through can get 355 yep. in there.
2: I, I've got to throw that one in there. Best comic book series ever. There you
0: go. After um, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> the last one on my list is actually a three pack of sorts. Cause they're kind of all the same. Uh, professor X Wolverine and Emma Frost. Uh, they are all at one point or another headmasters or mass mistress of the, uh, mutant school for gifted students, blah, 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 whatever they change the name to it each time. Um, but they definitely, I mean, Charles Xavier started the X-Men. It was definitely the, the core, you know, mentor, leader, teacher, everything of the X-Men and the whole, the whole school, not just teaching the class, but like headmastered everything like he did all of it because, you know, he was only one person with five students. That's a pretty elite school there. Uh, but that quickly, you know, exploded into however many students, hundreds of students over the course of time, and then zero because it blew up, and then someone else took over and all that. But it's really cool to see him doing that role. And Emma Frost and Wolverine have different takes on it. Emma was originally a supervillain. that She started a school for the Hellfire Gala, or the Hellfire Club the before when they were full evil and was the teacher slash headmistress of that, and then uh she turned good-ish when they she moved to Genosha, then Genosha exploded. So then she joined X-Men because like, hey, this is a lot of our people are dead, so we gotta band together. Here we go. And then Wolverine was similar when Professor X was dead at the time and Cyclops was starting to be evil. So Wolverine's like, all right, well, crap. I guess I'm gonna be the headmaster now, like the the one that you might least suspect of everybody. The X Men, yeah, he'll be the headmaster. Well, you don't want to get sent to his office because that won't <laughs> end well. Snicked, snicked indeed. Um, yeah, it was cool to see them all, uh, at least with Wolverine and Emma grow from you know potentially bad guy with Wolverine, full on evil with Emma to turning good and then not just a good person, but a leader to train other people to use their abilities and everything. So yeah. Uh, So in short, all the teachers and headmasters at the X-Men schools is the last on my list. Uh, Laura, who's last on your list?
1: I wanted to talk about Spider-Man, but I have more questions than the answers possibly. And there's so many times that he got to be a teacher. I was trying to remember though, I felt like in the last decade, which seems so much shorter ago than it is. Was it Strange Academy or was it Xavier's school? I thought he actually was a teacher for a little bit, but he's never on time to anything. So he uh, He was got actually fired. a
0: teacher for Young Avengers briefly.
1: Oh, okay. That I bet that's Or it. not
0: Young Avengers Avengers Academy, sorry. Okay. He was a teacher briefly for the Avengers Academy. Okay. And he might have been I think he was also a part time student or part time teacher at the Future Foundation with the Fantastic Four as well.
2: Wasn't he a teacher at just a school
0: too?
1: Yeah, he definitely did that as
0: well. Probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. I just couldn't remember when that happened, but I felt like it was when Nick Lowe rebooted around the seven hundred issues, like when that when we had that most recent number one. Or no, not the most recent, because that just happened to get didn't it?
0: Yeah, we had. Ah. Yeah, we're on issue number two right now.
1: Yeah, I think when two or three number ones ago. When Nicolo took over and was, it was right after. um Oh, I'm blanking on his was name. That? Something Scott.
0: Uh, um, that was. It was after the brand new day run. Yeah. Who? Dance slot was. Dance Super long run.
1: Yeah. After slot stopped, someone rebooted, sort of, and they made Spider Man a teacher, and I think also a writer for the Daily Bugle again, but he didn't get to stay at the Daily Bugle. He was like doing a science article.
0: He Every was week, a teacher at the place that turns into Alchemax or whatever in the future or turns into Horizon Horizon University. That's where he was a teacher at. Okay, yeah, Horizon, that sounds right. Because Horizon Labs had their university briefly,
1: and I think he had to stop because I think that's when they found out his doctorate wasn't real, and right. so they said you can't be a teacher either because of ethics because, or because he wasn't qualified. Right,
0: he he plagiarized Doctor Octopus become a doctorate. But that was when Doc Ock was in the mind, had his yeah. mind in his body, so he's plagiarizing himself, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and Parker, Luck we'll just finagle that, and you're you're gone. You you plagiarized yeah. this other guy that's a villain, technically, but whatever. It's like, but I didn't even do it. Well, crap, I didn't even do it. No matter what, <laughs> that's <I'm>, even worse. <laughs> no matter what, I'm wrong, basically.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of people who discuss this. They're like, oh, well, we're so glad that um, Nick Spencer. I'm sorry if I said the wrong name before, but I think it was Nick Spencer came in and like cleaned up this mess because people were really upset that he had this doctorate he hadn't earned. And so then they took it away. Well,
0: <laughs> that was a time where he was super rich, too. He was basically Tony yeah. Stark levels of fandom and richness and wealth because he had whole Parker Industries. And that's when yeah. Spencer like wiped it away. Like, no, no, we got to get him back to the old Parker luck, the friendly neighborhood yeah. Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, he. I think that Dan Slot did get rid of Parker Industries right before that. Like that definitely exploded, like literally. And then Dan or Nick Spencer cleaned up the mess from that and gave gave him a small job, and then even took that away.
0: So, yeah, that was oh. like five or six <laughs> years ago. Now, I think.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: So yeah, but yeah, yeah. he's been teachers. Anyone that's had has school pretty much, except I don't think he's been at Strange Academy because that deals specifically with magic, and that's not his jam. Okay. But yeah, I know he did a guest spot for Avengers Academy. That sounds right. Um, the Future Foundation, because that was when he was part of the Fantastic Four, because Johnny Storm was dead. He had the white suit, and they were the they were the Future Foundation oh. instead of Fantastic Four.
1: Because yeah. they had like the
0: hexagons or their symbols and stuff on their uniforms and
1: everything. Yeah, I got a bunch of back issues with that set it aside. Said someday I'm going to read this. Someday. That day has not yet happened, but someday Spider Man's going to teach me that.
0: There you go. All right, and Jared, why don't you end off? Who's the last one on your list?
1: Uh, multiples. Batman,
2: uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne, Alfred, and Dick Grayson. Uh, Bruce Wayne became a mentor to Dick Grayson. Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Damian, uh, the various Barbara. Batgirls: Barbara, Cassandra, um many others throughout his tenure as Batman. Um, there's the whole Batman incorporated too.
0: the, the signal Batwing. So he's a mentor to
2: so many. Alfred's been a mentor to all of them. And Bruce Dick Grayson was a mentor to each Robin coming into their own. And as Batman, when Batman quote unquote died, went back in time into the past throughout time, whatever, that was a horrible story. But, uh, (laughs) Dick Grayson was uh Batman at the time and Damien be- that's when he became Robin was with Dick Grayson, not with Bruce Wayne. And I loved that dynamic of Dick Grayson becoming the true mentor, not just a helping hand for Bruce to mentor them. He actually became the mentor figure and everything for Damien. And those are some really good stories. There's one I, uh, with, um, Tony Daniel wrote and drew it, I believe, but it was them fighting Two-Face, and Two-Face is like, that's not Batman, that's not Batman, and Dick Grayson <laughs> came in and kicked the crap out of everybody, you know, and he's like, yeah, he's Batman, <laughs> but uh, just the dynamic with him and Damien was phenomenal in those
0: stories. Uh, with the, mentioning that, this week, uh justly Road to Dark Crisis, number one, had a great story with um, Dick Grayson talking to John. John Kent, about the death of of the Justice League. And within that, um, Dick is mentioning, like, hey, I've been through this before. Superman died. He came back. It was fine. Bruce died. I was Batman for a little bit. He came back. It was fine. Like, yes, they all died, but eventually they came back. No worries. Not to downplay it, like, yes, it's still sad. However, we'll figure it out. Nine times out of ten, they always come back. So don't get your, you know, don't get too worried about it. But like, that was a really cool issue that came out this week that uh, had another mentorship where Dick is to John, even. Yeah. He especially has right been down the recently. Yeah. I mean, part of that's because Tom Taylor's writing it, but yeah. hey, it, was, it still works. Yeah. I mean, very much so. So, yeah. Uh, so, that is our list, uh, our quick list of mentors, slash, masters, slash, teachers, slash, whatever else you want to call them. <laughs> uh say so yeah, what are your what are your the listeners favorite kind of teachers and whatnot uh, comment on our video source or message me or email me or whatever just come in the store just come to the store and tell us how about that that's the easiest way
1: where is the store uh
0: located at 230 north main street Lima, ohio chances are if you're listening to the podcast you know where we're at
1: yeah just checking
0: just but just in case yeah or just give it a quick Google search. We're the, we are the Alterio that is in Lima, not in somewhere. There's one, one somewhere down south. That's another Alterio comics that we sometimes get their calls like, "Hey, we're asking for blah blah." blah. Like, yeah, you called the wrong store, <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, so with that, we'll move on to books that came out this week, uh, Wednesday, June first, twenty twenty two. Let's go with Laura. What's your first pick of the week?
1: I don't know because I think you called the two that I thought were hey, actually good.
0: Okay, so <laughs> full disclosure with, for the listeners: uh, I only read like three books this week. There, it, was, it was a really light. week. It was week. an incredibly light week this week. So that, that's okay if we double dip. I I can.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to triple it, dip because I think yeah. one of the books <laughs> is on all three of our yeah. lists.
0: So why don't you go with whichever one you want to mention first?
1: Okay, I guess another like caveat I should mention. There was a Miles Morales book and a Carnage book, oh, and Nice House on the Lake. I did not read any of those because they were not number ones. And a lot of times, you, the listener, I try to tailor to what I think you would jump onto because I figure if it's an issue three or later, you guys should already be reading it. You should have listened to me the first time I told you to read it. So That's this fair. is your fault. That's fair. This and is I'm your fault. I prioritized the prioritize opposite.
2: List. I'm like, hey, this is my pick. Take <laughs> it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a very giving person, as to my detriment. <laughs> but anyway, I guess I I think I will also touch on Justice League Road to Dark Crisis, even though it's not really my pick. I didn't I didn't honestly particularly enjoy it, but since you brought it up, it,
0: it, it is important. interesting. Yeah, like it has I want to say five stories in it. Yeah, Either four it was- or five stories. It's a bunch of mini stories where it says, "Oh, the you know the Dark Crisis begins here." Not really. I mean.
1: Yeah, I felt a little lost. I think the crisis happened beforehand, and I needed a little more backstory to understand what they were talking about. Right.
0: Like, the real the real origin was Justice League number 75, which was the death of the Justice League. Yeah. Um, and then there was a free comic book day issue also that helped out with this dark crisis stuff. So this is like the extra middle ground. Like, okay, how does the world react to the death of the Justice League is what this one is. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, still worked pretty well. But it's not really a, you must read this if you're going to read Dark Crisis. It's like, you guys are just milking that cow.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did think it was, it was unfortunate that we didn't think of this sooner, because I thought it tied in really with our death theme a few weeks ago, but too late. It is what it is. And the one of the struggles I was having, since I don't read a lot of DC, at first I didn't realize that it was essentially Superboy, like. John, yes, what's his last John name? Kent. John Kent, okay. Yeah, I, when Superman came down, I was like, oh, okay, that's who this is. And then they talk about him being dead. And I'm like, okay, the person in this frame is obviously not who I think he is. And then I figured out, oh, Nightwing is talking to John Kent, Superboy or Superman 2 or what, whatever curr- he is. The
0: current Superman. Okay. It's like how Miles is, Super- is Spider-Man and Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah, it's confusing. Clark is Superman, and so is John.
1: Yeah, maybe his S was a little different, but not different enough for me to be certain at the time. And yeah, the the biggest thing I took away from that too, like how you were saying, Nightwing said, "Oh, I've been through this a couple times now, guys. Like, let's not get too ahead of ourselves." But I also got the impression that he. He Like, they mentioned some memorials and wanting Nightwing to come talk and speak at some some events they had going on. And Nightwing was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to memorialize them. They're, they're not really gone. Like, I kind of felt like he didn't want to admit that there was a chance they were gone either.
0: He was in so, denial. It was yeah. definitely like the initials, like, oh, no, they're, they're, they're not. They're, they can't be together. They're Justice League. Yeah. They're, come on.
1: Yeah, but... Like part of him was like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta prepare the people to, to continue, um, the, the good fight. But we're not making a new Justice League. Like we're not gonna call ourselves that. It's almost like he just didn't want to name it that. Like right. that put too much of a stamp on them being gone. But he, he did want to mentor people and like get them all ready and prepared. But he also wanted to tell them, but be ready to like give up the reins as soon as these other guys get back. Okay? Right. <laughs>
0: I mean, this is, they were all smaller stories too. Cause like I said, it's multiple yeah. books, multiple stories into one book. I think it's only like, it's, yeah, it's a, the retail on it is $5.99. So it's not a regular size issue. It's slightly oversized, but each story is smaller than that.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> the one I like too is um, John's, or no, Hal Jordan is out in space. He's fighting this weird monster that's crashed down to Earth. He's like, hey, Justice League, you know, I need help with this. Uh, guys, guys. No, response. tap the mic, tap the yeah. mic. Uh he crash lands in the ocean, that's and the monster transforms, starts attacking Atlantis. Then Aquaman, Aqua Boy. It's Tempest. Yeah. It is the Or Aqu- Aqualad. It is Aqualad that has been going by Aquaman as well. Okay. Similar to the Superman Superman, Spiderman, Spiderman. He's going by because he's in the currently the Aquaman series. Oh, okay, uh gotcha. But he meets up with Hal. He's like, "Yeah, they're dead." And okay, then they you know fight and they hash it out. And uh, Hal Jordan's like, "Man, what did I miss?" <laughs> but it's <was laughs> cool to see one of the original Justice League members still alive because he's been off in space doing his own thing. you are like, "Oh, well, well darn." <laughs> and it's just it's glad to see one classic one old guard of the Justice League that could potentially help you know fix. Whatever happened to the Just League themselves and everything like that. And there's another story too with two of the kid flashes that are hmm. going by flash names. It I think it is a good if you're going to read DC in the next six months or so, because they're doing the whole uh Dark Crisis thing, that's a good one to see where the pieces are falling in line. And chances are you are a overall DC fan, it has a lot of characters that you'll like. Like, yeah, for me and Laura, we don't know them a whole lot. Like, like uh, I, know. I read Nightwing and Superman, and sometimes I read Batman. That's about it. Uh, I passed on that book because I flipped through
2: and I'm like, I don't care. And now that you guys are explaining it, I'm like, man, I should have picked that up. That sounds fun.
0: Yeah, I think you would have. I was surprised that you didn't get it, but. I'll stop in tomorrow and pick one up. We'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that is Justice League Road to Dark Crisis, number one, and we'll see where the rest of the Dark Crisis goes.
1: And now Jared's glad that I picked things the way I do because I, I helped you out. Too. Yes. There
0: you go. <laughs> Proof that it works right there. It does. All Worked right. on me. <laughs> All right, Jared. What is one of your picks of the week?
2: Darth Vader number 23. Uh, they're still doing their Crimson Rain stuff where Darth Vader is looking for the Crimson Dawn. Um, it's got uh, – what's her name? Sabe? or if, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But uh, basically it's one of Padme's handmaidens who looks just like her. I think the character was played by Kira Knightley in The Phantom Menace. I think it's that character, but I'm not positive. And uh, the last issue, she's like, uh, "I'm your Anakin Skywalker," you know. So now they're kind of touching base on that, and now they're going on an adventure together to locate Crimson Dawn. And he comes across to his old friends from Tatooine, um, the ones kids that were out there with him at the pod racing scene. Um,
1: I always think one Kit. of them's Greedo, is it really? Uh, it's it's a, a Greedo It's type.
0: a Trandoshan, I believe is the right.
1: Kitster and
2: what was the other one's name? I can't remember. Shoot. Bang. Something like that. But uh, yeah, it kind of shows that, oh, they don't know he's Anakin Skywalker, but it's kind of cool that he's running into his old friends. You know, it's like, okay, how's he going to react? Is he just going to murder them or, you know? Which is a fair question. Yeah, it's a fair question with Darth Vader. Is he going to murder everybody?
1: Sometimes Probably. Sometimes he murders his friends. Yeah, every now and then.
2: And they're, But they're not kids, so we know there is at least a chance. <laughs> right. There you go.
0: So that's Vader.
2: Vader number 23. It was really good. Uh, been, it kind of died off there for just a little bit where it was like, meh. You know, but the here it's been, yeah, was... the Crimson Rain's been a little hit and miss. But the Vader series has really been picking up over the past three or four issues. It's been getting good again.
0: Excellent. Uh next one from my list is The Closet number one, written by James Tinian, uh, you know, from Wind and Strange Academy, I think is what he did as well. And stood some Batman. A lot of stuff. Batman stuff. He's done a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. Um Nice this... House the and- Lake. Nice house, lake. Thank you. Yes, um, but he's done a bunch of stuff, and this is a three issue miniseries, which I'm I'm surprised by, but I'm kind yeah. of glad of that. It's only a three issue because I don't know how it would last very long, but this works out. Oh, I have a list of things he did before: Department of Truth, Razor Blades, oh, wow. as well. Um, but yeah, that has this family that is getting ready to move. Um, there's this kid that there's something in his closet that like the, the standard monsters monsters in the closet and the dad was told by a friend okay get a spray bottle says u- uh u- uh unicorn urine and that is it'll repel all monsters just put just water with a little bit of lavender so it smells nice it'll be fine and so the dad drunkenly goes like goes in front of the kid goes to the tap pours it out like all right this is u- unicorn u- urine and the kid's like no, it's not. I saw you go over to the sink. Like
1: Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: he got the right idea, but he the execution was terrible. Um, but yeah, this guy, the dad is definitely I don't know if he's he's definitely drunk in this, but he definitely doesn't seem to be the best role model as well. Um, where him and his wife are arguing about random stuff he was supposed to go out and get tape and come back. He got uh masking tape yeah instead, instead of packing instead of packing tape, it's like that doesn't do well for holding up boxes whatever uh but yeah this kid goes to sleep wakes up and then there's this like alien monster thing coming out of the closet and like oh don't worry we're moving to the new house your new bedroom won't have a closet it'll be fine but something weird happens and yeah i don't want really to go too much because it's it's a mystery horror thing but it was unique it was i'm I'm glad it's a three issue mini though because I feel any longer than that like uh eh, I don't know where the story's gonna go if it's gonna be worth anything else but I think at three issues it'll be self-contained it'll work i'm I'm curious to see where it's gonna go answered by T- uh Tinian, so
2: and what was that called again
0: the closet the closet uh yeah and the the art is kind of horror-esque like it definitely leans into a like the scratchy. scratchy and darker stuff and
2: i'm intrigued yeah i used to not like that as much but when it fits the story it helps right
0: when it's a horror story okay yeah fine.
2: i can get into that a little bit but if it's in like a superhero book or something i don't get into that right. scratchy art as much
0: that's fair i i'm the same way
2: yeah i like the art to be a little bit cleaner um i like tony daniel um i like um Jim Lee, stuff like that, you know, clean, good-looking art.
0: Uh, And for the listeners, the art for this is by Gavin Fullerton, who's done Bog Bodies and Bags. I I don't recognize either one of those series, but, yeah, that's the book. So that is The Closet. Laura, what is your other book this week? That is my book and Jared's book as well.
1: Yep. The only other thing I read was New Think. New Think. 1.0. Um.
0: It's by AWA Comics. It's a five-issue miniseries. Okay, I was about just
2: about to ask, is this a one-shot <laughs> or a series? Because this, this could have ended as a one-shot.
0: So it's both. So it's a five-issue miniseries, but it's an anthology series. So oh, each okay. story in each book will, will be self-contained.
2: Gotcha.
1: Oh, okay. I can see how they could go with that.
0: The description is a Black Mirror-style anthology. So if you like Black Mirror or Twilight Zone, it all works into that similar world, that similar I'm vein. i into that.
1: Yeah, the the two lines I wrote down to summarize this was, The Chronicle of How the Screen Subjugated Mankind.
0: It's S-K-R-E-E-N-S, I think. Yep, yep.
1: And also, I took from the back matter, the the authors were kind of discussing, they, they had a, a page at the end talking about how they were inspired to write this. And the quote was, we can show the insane present in a different light. And it's basically, you you think about, like they kind of describe your, your phone as if it came to this world to take over your life. Um, and it started with like CRT monitors and that sort of thing. Like the screens came and got your attention and convinced you that, oh, This is all your life should be. You should be paying attention to the screens, getting accessories to make them, to make yourself more accessible to them. I guess, like, to use them even more and be even more drawn into it, like hypnotized.
0: How they're a parasite to humanity that are taking over. Parasites, sort of thing. Um, one thing I really enjoyed too. I just like it, it's fun how they oh, it's be- definitely based off of real brands, but not really. Uh, or I mean, no, it's not, but it really is. Uh, the phone service is Pear instead of yes. Apple, and it's the shape of a Pear still has the bite mark out of it that Apple does. Um, they have the Noid Squad instead of the Nerd Squad from Best Buy. Or uh, maybe
1: it's that pizza thing too. Avoid the noise.
0: Uh. It could be, but the font and coloring is the same as the Nerd Squad. Oh, okay. Um, the internet is provided by Rum, and they have a shipping delivery service by Amazon, and it's an upside-down smiley face that's still like, oh, they're, they're definitely doing Amazon, but a uh, mirror-verse of it or whatever. Yep. Uh, yeah, this one, I like it because it's saying, oh, how does our reality, how horrible... How horrible is our reality? Well, this is it. And, well, maybe one explanation is because they are aliens that are controlling everything. uh, It kind of reminds me of, I think it was Seinfeld did a bit, of like, hey, an alien is observing, and there is one race that poops, and the other one walks behind it with a bag of its poop. Which one is the race that's in charge? Well, it's the one carrying the poop is the slave to the one that's not carrying the poop, right? Mm -hmm. So... This is like someone looking at Earth. Oh well, obviously the screens are what controlling humanity because they base their whole lives around it. So that's the one that's really really in charge.
1: Yep, that's how I feel.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a uh, new thing. And like I said, I like that it is a standalone anthology series. Where all right, well, well, I went with the next dark version of like. Oh, what is the inspired for this? I'm curious to see how they're going to twist our history and current and yeah past and everything like that
2: yeah i really thought like i really thought this was like an alien invasion story arc with screens and stuff like that but it was really a narrative on human nature absolutely and it was really good yeah
0: and it's only 3.99 and it's like i said it's a five issue mini series um i'm curious to see where it's gonna go yeah so uh i think that covers all of our books books that came out this week because like so we didn't have a whole lot but we had some overlap but that's okay uh that means we like the same thing, that's a good thing. Uh so with that, we'll move on to the book club book of the week, which is Star Wars, uh, from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And if you do not want spoilers and you want to get ready for next time, or just don't want to listen to us talk about this, next time we're gonna talk about Middle West Volume One, written by Scotty Young. Um, that was A Adrian came to the store today. I was like, hey, we won't read next week and he mentioned that one, so We'll go with that for next week.
1: Placate him for now.
0: For now. Uh, so, this week, Obi Wan, Star Wars. What did you guys think of this book? And have you read these stories before?
2: Yes. I read them in single issues when they first came out, but it's been years since these come out, like 2015 uh, or something.
0: Yeah, it was a 2015 series.
2: So, maybe 16. Something like that. But, yeah, I read them when they first came out, but not compiled into this. Right. I read them There's... when they
0: first came out as well. Laura, did you read them before, or is it no, your first time through? First shot. Um, So I kind of like this format better than the singles because this is issue 17, 15, 20, 26 through 30. So the first three issues were, they had like six issues in between. Like, oh, well, that's, I mean, they're all one shots, which makes sense. The story wise, yeah. each one makes sense.
2: Yeah. And I think these kind of came about and why that jumps around between issues like that, where it was like 17 and then 20 something. Um, the overall story, it would have Luke kind of out in his X Wing doing his own thing for a little bit, reading Obi Wan's journal. And so, wow. how should I become a Jedi? Who should yeah. I,
0: He learns he should go to Yoda th- basically through this. Like, who do I go to to learn to be a Jedi that you see in. Empire Strikes Back. Well, this is where you start to learn that. Right. So
2: those are kind of how they these came about as one shots filler episodes. It didn't really affect the main Star Wars story arc at the same at that time, but it was still progressing Luke.
1: Okay, that explains a lot because I I did notice that it was like seven, sixteen, twenty three. I was like, what are these numbers? Like, are they getting ready to do football or something? Like, that's that's what I immediately thought.
0: Which is a fair question, because it is, outside of that context, it is very bizarre that they jumped around as much as they did. Um, But yeah, so we, uh, uh, what is it, one, two, three and a half stories of of Obi-Wan, and then one big story of Yoda, like, of actual story-wise, there's most of Yoda here, more than anybody else.
1: Yeah, that kind of disappointed me, since I was expecting Obi-Wan stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that part is not great. I mean... To make up for though, the Obi-Wan stories, I really enjoy those. Yes. I I think those are so strong and it's not worth a trade of just three books. So I'm glad that they threw the Yoda stories in as well.
2: Right. And the Yoda stories, it was still from. I can't say from Luke's perspective, but it was like Luke was reading these stories. He read right, journals, Obi-Wan journals, and then he's reading Yoda's story arc. So it's Obi-Wan still, w- yes. wrote
0: it down, like, hey, I learned this from a Jedi. He didn't mention – he doesn't name drop Yoda. Yeah. So like, we see that it's oh. Yoda, but Luke himself doesn't know that – he just knows it was a great Jedi yeah. that okay. did this adventure. So, except at this point, Luke hadn't met Yoda either, so right. they, they definitely – drawing him to placate us, the reader, like, oh, okay, this is who it is, who they're talking about. They're talking about Yoda. Yeah. But Luke himself, while reading this, wouldn't know that.
2: Right. But to call the trades the journals of Obi-Wan, it's a couple stories of Obi-Wan
0: and Yoda. I mean, technically, though, it was Obi-Wan's journal that wrote yeah. down the story of Yoda. Right. So That's it's not wrong. It's just a little misleading is all. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: just, I definitely had to go back through twice and double check, and I there was a panel where they showed Obi-Wan and he's like force writing too. He's not even like pen in hand. He's He's like narrating
0: and the force is writing it down. Yeah. Uh, But the first issue is, you know, so all of the Obi-Wan stuff is while he's in isolation between episode three and episode four, like, all right, well, I'm watching over Luke. I got to keep a low profile on Tatooine. It kind of sucks, but it is what it is. So, and that's, and because I knew it was those stories is why I was like, oh, with the Obi-Wan series, this would be a great lead-in to see, okay, potentially, what could we see in the TV series? Yes. Um, that being said, it seems like the TV series is basically saying, oh, that's nice. We're we're doing our own thing still. Yeah.
1: I thought was there, was a
0: a there were a couple inspirations. There are a couple inspirations, but it was still a little contradictory of the show itself. It yes. Yeah, the- now, this is only two episodes in. Yeah. However...
2: The Obi-Wan in the show seems a bit more PTSD-ridden, broken, cut off from the Force. He hasn't used the Force in a while. Um, kind of broken, almost.
0: A little bit. And, and still, like, no, this is my job. I'm doing this, yeah, no matter what. I'm
2: protecting Luke. I'm here for Luke.
0: I don't care about Leia. I'm protecting Luke. I told him I'd protect Luke. This is what I'm doing.
2: Right. This Obi-Wan in the comic series is a bit more, eh, like, like you said just a second ago, He's using the force to all to the time.
0: Write. Well, he's using the force to write. He's using yeah. the force to tell guards to leave other people alone. Right like, to leave Owen and Burrow's farm alone. Like and uh, the bandits leave. Have like oh nope, you're good. You don't need to bother us. Yep, we're good. He's definitely actively using the force in this. Yes, which I mean I'm fine with uh, that. It works. Uh, yeah. That is a great way to be keep a low profile and be a bodyguard. Like, oh, no, you, you didn't see me here. Yeah, no, you're good. You don't care.
2: Oh, yeah. It, I did like uh, when the thugs came out to kidnap Luke, pretty much.
0: Well, no, they came out to rob them, and Luke stopped them from robbing him.
2: Was that it?
0: Because yeah, Luke the... ran away from home. Oh, you're right. He was, Luke was running away to join the Empire, or just go in space in general. Okay. The bandits find him. Gipped a page or two. And then Obi-Wan just... Full on force destroys everybody, and of course, you know, Java doesn't like that eventually. And since sends, <laughs> sends him like a year later, when the great drought is over, he sends, like, all right, well, we gotta find this, what's going on? And that's when we see the Wookiee. Uh, what's his name? Black Curse, Kers- Black Chrysanthemum, yeah, BK. That's right, I always call him BK, okay, because. I wasn't, I was never really sure how to pronounce his last name.
2: Backing up there for just a second, I skipped a couple pages when I reread this. I didn't catch that Luke went out to confront them when he was there. Oh, so yeah, Uh, Obi-Wan smashes their headlights and kicks the crap out of them. Yep. So moving on, sorry. Uh, Then I was like, what did I miss there?
1: (laughs) Well, I thought it was interesting too. Like, I, I thought it was funny when they said, oh, we're coming out here specifically because our records show these people have never paid their taxes. And I was like, oh, that's an unfortunate side effect of like the the Jedi mind trick. He didn't also say, and make sure when you go back, update your records. So it says <laughs> they paid, even though they didn't. Someone else he, did. He, yeah, he just says, this never happened. Turn around and leave. And they do. And then the records catch up.
2: But I do like the end of that issue where Luke's reading it and he's like reading about Obi-Wan talking about him. Right. And he's just like, R2, mind steering for a little bit longer. I want to keep reading. This. Right. You know, I thought that was pretty neat.
0: So then the third story, you see uh, Black Chrysanthemum coming out, like, all right, attacking, trying to figure out who, you know, messed with Jabba's thugs earlier. And I love and when Obi-Wan shows up. He's like, oh, I'm here to save you, Luke, blah, blah, blah. I was meditating among the Banthas and the Dune Sea, and I felt it a disturbance of force atop the cliff. I tried to slow my breathing to hide my winded to hide how wounded I was from the climb. Like, Oh, he's still definitely getting out of shape. He's not the soldier that he thought he was like, like, Nope. Keep a little firm front. Don't like, don't make it look like I'm as as exhausted as I am. Like keep that fighting bravado up and everything. And yeah, of course, I mean, he, he's able to win because, you know, lightsabers.
2: He's Obi-Wan.
0: He's Obi-Wan. I mean, he may be rusty, but and this, I like how it shows that uncle Owen also isn't just this pushover that, I mean, in the movies, like, oh, he's just the annoying, evil stepdad sort of figure. And, like, he seems like he seems kind of like a wimp in my my eye. I always think of him like, oh, he's just the guy. Uh, He doesn't really want Luke. Kind of reminds me of the aunt and uncle of Harry Potter. Like, oh, they're annoying. And, like, oh, I have to take care of you too. Uh, This, no, Owen is actually risking his life to save Luke still.
2: Yeah. Yep. And I liked Aunt Baru in this too. Because it's only for like a half of a page we get to see her do anything in this. But uh, Luke comes home to find that Chris Anston, uh, BK just wrecked the place a little bit and took Owen. And she's like pulling out a rifle. She's got a gash on her, you know, face and her arm. And she's just like, Luke, stay here, get safe, lock yourself in the closet. And she starts to go after him with the rifle. like She's kind of a She's a soldier. She is yeah. she she's is Sarah
1: Connor did. Yeah. Yeah. She is. So
2: and that's the, kind of the last time we see her in this issue. So she never reached them.
0: But it I'm like that's shows still
2: she cares about Luke. She's wanting to protect Luke and she's she's a fighter.
0: Right. I, I definitely get the we yes, we know that, you know, we all know that you're not our kid. We but we are in charge of you. We'll treat treat you like you're our own. Yeah. Now you may not like that because you're a snotty nose kid. Kids will be kids. Right. Uh, But we will do our best to protect you and everything. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course. Luke disobeys. Luke disobeys. Mm -hmm. However, he disobeys really well because he gets in the flying device. I don't know what it's called. Sorry. Star Wars fans that know what he's actually flying in. Um, But he, once the Wookiee launches Owen off the cliff, he's able to use his piloting skills to come in and, like, swoop him out of midair and, like, should be an impossible flight, but he is force sensitive. He's going to be a, a sky or he's going to be a Jedi. It makes sense how well he turns out to be later. Yeah. Oh, he has that natural ability to fly. Right.
2: And I'm kind of hoping we'll see the Wookiee in the Obi-Wan show. Maybe they'll touch base on this arc? Uh, potentially, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. we have
0: seen him in the Mandalorian series. Yep. And that's, actually, that's the only way we've seen him live action is in right. Mando slash Book of Boba Fett. Right.
2: But- I mean, I know Owen's in this. I don't know if Baru is. We haven't seen her yet in the show, but, you know, I've been staying away from spoilers as best as I can, so I I don't even know what right. the, the full cast is. Well, and we've away seen from
0: this Wookiee later on with a scar over his eye. We learn, oh, he got it from Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obi-Wan burned him slightly with his lightsaber, and that's how he has a scar over his eye. Okay. So maybe we can see that in the Obi-Wan series. It'd be cool to see that. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it as far as Obi-Wan himself, his story with this trade. Yep. Um, I'm going to fly over it because it's not really relevant to the series right now, the TV series on Disney Plus. But the other part is Yoda going through this weird planet that's like, oh, there's zero life forms. Oh, wait, there is a life form. There's a few people and there's these living mountain rock beings that. Life is not always the exact same that you think what you categorize life as. And it was pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, it was it was a good story. It was just not Not Obi-Wan an Obi-Wan story. story. And that's I kind mean, of what we were focusing on this time.
0: It is from the standpoint that Obi-Wan wrote it down in his journal. Right, but that's about it.
2: Yeah. And he's there's a cameo of one of the characters from that planet that Yoda went to, who ends up on Tatooine and says to Obi-Wan, You're powerful. And that's about it. You know, and <laughs> yeah. he walks away. So. It, it
0: seemed very what, why? Okay. Yeah, this is, this is odd. Yep. So
2: But it was very cool with Yoda becoming the the uh the, lear- student. the student rather than the master. Right.
0: He he did walk in a little cocky saying, Oh, come on, I yeah, kid, yeah. sure, you you'll teach me how to then he was like, No, oh, no, you're right. I do need to learn. Like he very quickly changes attitude, like, all right, yes, I I'll humble myself, go ahead and teach me. So it was good to see The, that arrogance be let down briefly though. So you can become a student again. Yep. Uh, so that is this volume out of one to five, one being awful, five being great. Jared, what would you rate this?
2: Um, I liked the entire book. I would probably, I'm torn between a three and a four. It's a four definitely with the story itself, but I lean towards three every now and then because I wanted more Obi-Wan and less
0: Yoda. It's because of the title itself. Yes,
2: because of yeah. the title itself. If it, if it was um, from the journals of Obi-Wan and Yoda, I'd, I'd afford a five, you know. So Or just Tales just, of Star Wars. Yeah, or Tales, tales of Star Wars. Of, of something. Yeah. Uh, journal that Luke found, I don't know. But <laughs> it was, you know, something titled from the journals of Obi-Wan. I was expecting more Obi-Wan stories.
0: It would have been a great anthology of just, of just yes. his stories.
2: Yeah. Yep, they could have been something from pre-Clone Wars- Maybe something with him and Qui-Gon, you know, and then through the timeline, him ending up on Tatooine and stuff. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I'm still I would still give it a four just because the story of Yoda is a good story as well. Okay. So
0: I'll go with a four. All right. Laura, what would you give it?
1: I'll do three because I'm judging this book by its cover <laughs> and saying that I wish it had been more Obi-Wan stories. I lean that way. I yeah. tried,
2: you know, felt the same way.
0: Uh... Yeah, I'm torn as well, because it is like, eh, it, sh- it should be this. It's been, okay, so I'm going to give it a three, specifically because the description on the back of the book, it mentions 90% of the stuff is Obi-Wan stuff. There's a little bit about Yoda, but even then, it's only like, oh, Master Yoda found him trapped on a savage. Like, uh, half of a sentence, it's between a comma and a period, and they mention the Yoda story. So even the back half book. You know half the book is Yoda's story, it's only half of a sentence. So they're promoting it as an Obi Wan story. Correct. So that's why I give it a three. Like it's a little misleading with that. And I forgot how like normally I'd like if I wouldn't have read this recently, people like, Oh, the Obi Wan series, what should I read? I would say this thing. Now i am like, well I would still say this. However, only about half of it is actually Obi Wan, the other half is Yoda. Yeah. So that's why I give it a three out of five as well.
2: Yeah. I I really liked the whole story though. So I went with a four, but I can argue that yeah. three big yeah, I, time. I, I'm hugely. I think four
0: is acceptable as well. I'm just going with three just because I feel a little slighted by that. Yeah. So it, but it is what it is. Yep. Uh and with that we'll move on to the final part of the podcast which Jared always forgets about. I'm ready today. That is our you reminded
2: week. us earlier so a, I was ready.
0: Super weird comic book heroes or otherwise. Jared, how about you go first this time instead of waiting till last like I did, made uh, you do it last time.
2: I'm going to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi because that first two episodes was spectacular. Um mentioning young Princess Leia that that was awesome. So, All I'm right. not going to give spoilers, but I'm sure most people have already seen the two first two e- episodes. Most people have probably already seen the third episode that dropped today. I'm going to watch it here in a little bit, but the first two I really loved.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Laura, who is your Hero of the Week, comic book or otherwise?
1: Ironically, even though I dinged this issue or our Star Wars the journal of Obi-Wan because of Yoda, I was like, oh, I think Yoda should be my Hero of the Week though because he helped that whole planet out and the Helped the rock hawkers and the muckwhackers resolve their war-ish, like, eventually. From a certain point of yeah, view. Yeah, I guess he pushed Luke in the direction to have him resolve it. I, I guess yeah. I did still get really confused on, like, there was-
0: It was a little messy. Yeah. But he, it he
1: was d-
2: the force at work. The force if, guided yeah. them all to where they needed to be at that point in time. If nothing yeah. else,
0: Yoda saved the giant rock mountain people. There you go. He brought them, he brought them back he? to life. Yeah, he brought him
1: back to life, but did they live? Like, I thought they kind
0: of passed out again. Uh, passed out was not dead, so I'm going to count okay. on it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I always have enjoyed Yoda as a character, and I think that, like you were mentioning too, his humbleness to become a a train, trainee again, to realize that just because you're a Jedi Master doesn't mean you've mastered everything. So I thought that was a good, good hero's... Stands.
0: All right. And my hero of the week is Bail Organa. Uh We're all Star Wars out today for our heroes. Uh, That is the senator that adopted Leia Organa slash Leia Skywalker. Um, Him and his wife adopted her at the end of episode three. Like, oh, we always, we're talking about adoption. We want to have our own. So we'll take her. And then everyone's like, all right, well, I guess I'll take Luke and put him with his family on Tatooine. Talk about, oh, she's the to be royalty. He gets to live in the desert with two sons.
1: It's like the prince and the pauper. Yeah. The princess and the pauper. There
0: we go. Uh, but yeah, he adopted her, and uh, in the first couple episodes, he even mentioned to Leia, like, no, I don't care what everyone else says. You're as much family as they are. You are an Organ- Organa, no matter what. Yeah. And he does whatever he can to protect her,
2: too. Yeah. Uh, it was very, very two sides of the coin. The way Owen and Brew are raising Luke to, what, Bale and- um, I forget her name. I do too yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know. Shoot. Oh, I looked at Bria too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bria are raising Leia because they're still accomplishing the same goal, protect them, raise them to be decent people. And Owen is like, okay, I'm going to protect you even from Obi- Obi-Wan. Right. Obi-wan get the heck out of here you know you trained his father his father turned out to be Darth Vader he doesn't and...
0: know his father turned out to be Darth Vader he said he knows that his father died
2: okay that's true yep so but either way right you know so he's trying to protect Luke best he can Bale and Bria are doing the exact same thing but they're the ones calling obi-Wan to come help right one's pushing away one's calling for help right so there's definitely that two that abstract concept between the two of them
0: but yeah, it's definitely any sort of person that adopts someone, I think, is slightly better than anyone that has a kid, I guess. Because anyone can have a kid that's their own versus to love and cherish someone that you like, no, I chose you. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't just have you. We chose you to be part of our family. That seems a little extra stronger at that point. Like anybody, you can, anybody can have anybody, but we wanted you to be with us. Yeah.
1: So, you weren't an oops.
0: Yeah. We decided we're, we we're going to adopt you. So yeah, those are our Heroes of the Week. Uh, Reminder again, next week we'll talk about Middle West Volume 1. And I don't know what the topic is. We have a week to figure it out. So we'll figure it out next Wednesday. Probably. Uh, But until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for coming into the store and buying the stuff that we recommend. Uh, anything else we want to say before we call it a night?
1: We asked them to come specifically to talk about something, too. I can't remember what it was now.
0: Uh pay attention
1: to the podcast yeah. better than me people and then come in and tell us oh, what we were talking they about. They
2: had mentors
0: and Oh yeah, like their favorite oh, their right. favorite teachers yeah. and mentors and stuff. Yeah. that are comic book related. Sorry if it, you have a real life person one that's your favorite mentor chances are my eyes will glaze over when you're talking. But comic <laughs> books, I know those. So at least I can I can understand that. Uh, <laughs> so until then, uh, thanks for listening to us and we'll see you next time.